friends, it's Kayla Moranen. Welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys as always. I hope everyone is staying dry and staying cool. This weather lately has been out of control. Woke up today to thunderstorms all morning long and it was so hard to get out of bed. Um, Ended up working from the couch for the day for the most part and it was actually really really nice to just take it easy and work from the couch and you know I try not to do that very often because if I'm not like at a desk or at the kitchen counter I'm not really going to be productive but it was nice to let myself enjoy it for a bit and yeah so I hope everyone is taking it easy I can't believe that it is the last full week of July and this week was the bar exam had a lot of friends take the bar exam this week so i just checked in with all of them now that day two is over some states still have day three but almost everyone is done and that is so crazy to think that that was me a year ago and i met so many people the night of the bar exam while we were going out i met so many people during bar prep that have become ride or dies and really close friends of mine and reconnected with people from college throughout studying for the bar exam And honestly, just looking back at my life a year ago and my life now, I just can't believe how far I've come and how much I've grown, not just in my career, but as a person and as a friend and as a daughter. And I've just come a really, really long way and I'm so, so incredibly proud of myself. And I want you guys to be proud of yourselves too for all you have accomplished in the last year, whether it's personal, professional relationships or self-love and self-care anything like that that is super admirable and i am so grateful to have you be a part of the community and grow alongside me and i should wrap this up before the craziness starts at my house since it is late and everyone is getting home and eating dinner but i just wanted to do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then we'll dive right into this week's episode because it's a really good one and i can't wait for you guys to listen this week my suck of the week is that I I just wake I just woke up super tense and I'm not stressed out but I can feel like the tension and the joints like my joints my back my ankles my knees my hips like everything is just tight and sore and crackling everywhere and I just definitely not in tip-top shape right now and I know the weather definitely does affect that so that's probably why but also you know, I've been actively trying to move my body a little bit more frequently and I haven't done so this week yet. I'm going to a yoga class tomorrow, but I'm really looking forward to it. I gave myself a little bit of a stretch tonight, but I definitely could use some movement and stretching. And I booked a chiropractor appointment for Friday morning because my neck is so stiff and I've just been waking up, you know, a little bit stiff lately and definitely has not been fun. My sweet of the week is that I saw Barbie last night and it was great. Honestly, I think it's very cheesy. It's not my cup of tea. I wouldn't have gone to watch it if it hadn't been hyped up so much and if it wasn't girls night. Um, It's not something that I would go watch by myself or be dying to watch on my own, but my friends wanted to go so I thought I would tag along and I am glad I saw it. I really did enjoy the message of the film. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Definitely go check it out. But it was very, very cheesy and very, very pink. And I don't like either of those things. I'm not really a rom-com girl, not a comedy person 
really at all so that's not my scene but it was a great movie it was very very well done and I had high hopes because of the big marketing budget and just so much hype for it and I think it was very tastefully done and very very well done and I really did enjoy it I just you know it was very cheesy for me and I couldn't really get into it fully but I did enjoy the message and I had a great time with my friends watching it I also watched Glamorous which is the new Netflix series with Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City Samantha and her role in Glamorous is very similar to Samantha's role like personality wise not the sex aspect but just the way she presents herself and carries herself is very much Kim Cattrall and I really enjoyed the show it was very tastefully done it is about you know non-binary and queer people in the workplace in new york city and it does a really great job of showing representation and all under the guise of the makeup industry and working at a big heritage brand makeup company and it's kind of like being heralded as ugly betty meets devil wears prada but in the makeup world and i think it really hit the mark and i really enjoyed it me and my mom spent all sunday watching that it's 10 episodes so it goes by quick and I really really enjoyed it. I had no idea that when we started watching it that that was the storyline of it and showing different representations of queer people in the workplace and falling in love and figuring out who their identities were and who they love and how they love and workplace drama and Kim Cattrall is at the helm and we had no idea when we started watching it that's what it was going to be about. We just wanted to watch something fun and light and I think it was really great show and a lot of fun and my mom and I learned a lot and I really hope everyone takes a second to watch it if they can at least give it a shot because I think it was a great great summer light fun show that you learn a lot in. I've actually been watching a lot of tv and reading a lot of books lately just whenever I have downtime which has been really nice. I've been watching Sweet Magnolias, Lincoln Lawyer, both of those have new seasons out and The Summer I Turned Pretty um i caught up on that today and that's been really fun i enjoy these light fun shows you know teenage shows romances like college sports romances that that is my shit that's my bread and butter i love it and it's just such a nice escape from day to day and reading contracts all day although i have some really exciting contracts in the works for my clients so things are going really really well on the work front and it's been nice i've reconnected with some friends from middle school and one of my friends from college and I have gotten really, really close. We went to happy hour over the weekend with her boyfriend and we just had such a blast trying out a new restaurant and then going out and just getting drinks, watching the new soccer game with Messi, the new soccer game, the soccer game with Messi, the new Inter-Miami team. And we had a blast. And then I had a really fun, chill Saturday and Sunday with my mom while the boys were out of town. It was really nice to just hang out with her and connect that's something that we don't really get to do me and her so that was really nice but enough about me i'm so excited to introduce you to this week's guest and for you to hear her story i had such an incredible time talking to alexandria ott she is the founder of chrome city a creative studio she is in the pr world she has a podcast about parenting in the modern age and i just had such an incredible conversation with her and hearing her story because I feel like her and I are kindred spirits in a way and I feel like I'm talking to a version of myself in the future and someone who has lived a lot of similar experiences to me and someone I could learn a lot from and it always means the absolute world to me to be able to have these conversations and share them with you because I know that 
I'm really lucky to be able to have them through this podcast and through being public on the internet and reaching out to people and enjoying making connections and reaching out. And I know not everyone has the courage to or the means to or can have these conversations, but if I can be that for you, that is the goal of this podcast. And we had such an incredible time talking about how she built a PR agency from the ground up, not once, but twice in two different cities and learning to become a mother and a working mom and what that meant for her and the mental struggle she faced and you know the learnings and the learnings that she went through and the growth that she has experienced throughout all of this and I felt like it was such a beautiful conversation that I'm so lucky that you guys get to be a part of and I hope you guys go check out her and Chrome City on Instagram. I'll link everything below as always and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know who you guys want to see next. Let me know what topics you want me to cover next. And I can't wait for more because there's some really great conversations coming soon. So stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked it, please leave a rating and a review. Please subscribe to the show. Share with a friend. Tag us as you're listening. Let me know what you want next on the podcast. And I will see you guys next week. Meet Alexandria. So Alexandria, what is something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Oh, wow. Um, there it is. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> what would some uh, that people not know about me just from following me? I mean, I think there's so many nuances in my industry. It looks really like fun and, and fancy. And, you know, we have amazing dinners and, and we're doing art galleries and we're doing all these things. But so much of my time is spent in this little office that I'm in working and grinding and I don't think we show that enough and it's actually something that we're moving toward um I think it's evident that I work hard because I'm successful and people can see that success but I don't think I've shown enough of like what it takes on a day-to-day basis from you know managing my two incredible staff members to you know trying to find where money comes from two clients disappear where is that going I'm not announcing to everyone that like you know two clients just stopped working with us because of whatever a variety of reasons and I'm out there like grinding 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 to make sure that that money is found somewhere else with the right type of client and then you know of course it always looks great because we announced that we have this brand new client and we're so excited but nobody knows that there was like a gap in between where I am obligated to take care of my staff pay for my office keep the lights on keep my lifestyle going with my family um, and I'm hitting the ground, texting, calling, going to happy hours, networking to ensure that that money is in our bank so we can take care of everyone. So I would definitely say that there's like a struggle um, and hard work that's not shown. Yeah, I love that. I think that's actually a great place to start because, yeah, I feel like people don't, I saw about this earlier today with someone, they want to see like, it's easy, it's glamorous, it's fun, whatever, like insert x here like whatever it is they think it's just so glamorous because of social media but people don't see all the hard work and the sacrifice that goes into something and I think we just because it's not fun to share it like when you're in the moment and you're grinding you just don't Mm -hmm. think of like let me pick up the phone and start recording this so we don't we also do it ourselves even as much as we try to show that side and be realistic and show the hard work behind the scenes and show like the behind the scenes it's it's not always accurate we're never going to capture it because it's not capturing your actual life when it looks good either you know i mean 
nothing can actually capture your life except the lived life itself, you know? And I think also, you know, it's vulnerable, right? Like it's not vulnerable to be like, I'm at this amazing club. I'm at this amazing trip. Like that's not vulnerable. It's egotistical, which is fine. That's who we are as humans. But I think there's a vulnerability in saying like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to offer the job or support the team or keep the office, you know, that's, that's incredibly vulnerable. And and I, I always compare, you know, work stuff to relationships, but it's the same as like, it's easy to date somebody and like have fun and go out, but it's not easy to say like, you mean a lot to me or that really hurt my feelings, you know? So there's a vulnerability to that. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Like comparing it to a relationship. I constantly compare work to a relationship and I made fun of often for it, but I believe. No, I think that's, I've never really, I mean, I'm sure I have at some point, you know, but like really, like when you think about it, there's a lot of similarities there, especially yeah, the vulnerability of like really digging deep and like, why is this bothering me? Why is this hurt? Why does this feel like, you know, why doesn't it feel good? And like digging into those root causes. And for me, I've noticed that both in relationship and in business, a lot of my struggles lately have come from a place of fear. I mm-hmm. I really struggle with there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. of, you know, not being liked, not being good enough or you know, fear of I know I'm so capable and I have all of this potential, will I be able to meet that? Like I wanted yeah. so many things and I know I think we talked about this when we talked a couple of weeks ago too, like I want it all. I know I can't have it all at once, but I do want it all. And I want to be able to have it all. And it's like, that's a, that's a lot. Like there's so much that I want to do. Will I be able to do it all? And will I be able to do it all well? And it's just like that fear holds you back. And in a relationship, yeah. Or friendship, you feel vulnerable asking for what you need, whether it's a romantic relationship, your friendships, your family relationships, and in business too, like asking you know, a client to pay you X amount when you go to raise your rates because right. you could be paid more for what you're putting in. And yeah. you have to be confident in asking for that amount of money. Cause if you're not confident, the client's not going to want to pay it or, right. or having to let someone go or having to make a hard business decision, you know? So I think actually, I like that analogy between business and a relationship. I think that's really yeah. And one thing that's interesting that you said is have it all versus have it all at once. You know, you can have it all. It's just it evolves and it changes and it ebbs and flows. And sometimes I'm killing it at work and my kids mad at me or my kids are like happy I'm home all the time, but it's because I don't have a ton of client work. But it's all perspective and you can't have it all at once. But that wouldn't really be fun anyway. You know, like working towards bettering each part of your life as they ebb and flow as part of it. And yeah, I I have, I I constantly ask myself, is this a fear-based thought? And if so, how do you switch that to abundance, which is the opposite of fear? And I've been really playing with that a lot. I like that, asking that question. I'm going to start doing that because I've noticed, you know, it's funny. I, I went to Ecuador over like winter break, January, and they did a spiritual cleansing and she like rubbed an egg on me. And like, when you crack the egg open, whatever the egg shows is like, whatever's plaguing you or whatever ailment you have. And it said fear. And I was like, fear, like, I'm not afraid of anything. 
like tangibly like I was like what I don't think I'm afraid of anything right now like needles but like that's not what she meant the more I started thinking about the last few months I was like wait like a lot of things are coming from a place of fear so I like that ask that question of is this coming from a place of fear and you know if not like if it is like how can I do something about it and how can I make it be more abundant because yeah abundance and like believing in myself that confidence that mindset is what has has changed my life in the last few years and I know for you as well yeah I mean it's one thing to identify that I'm speaking from a place of fear or thinking from a place of fear but then like what's the exact opposite of that and how do I embody that because that's not natural to me like I'm not naturally in an abundant mentality I'm naturally in a fear-based mentality um so switching that to a very like unnatural thought of abundance and saying like the money is going to come the clients will close I am providing great jobs for the girls that work for me who've worked so hard we will achieve great things I will have great clients that's not a natural thought I'm I'm a very positive person but that's not where my mind goes so I have to physically alter the fear-based thought into something that I wouldn't normally say that I don't necessarily believe at that moment and saying that out loud then invites that abundance into your life, in my opinion. Yeah, I really like that. Also, you said, you know, if I'm doing really well at work, you know, my kid's mad at me, or if I'm spending a lot of time with my kids, probably because work isn't going so well right now, you know, and having it all versus having it all at once. I think it comes from a like, a, it's like priorities, it's time management and priorities and, you know, different seasons of our lives, like, you know, at least for me we were talking about this like my early I'm in my mid-20s like this is my season for career building and really establishing myself in the industry and building up my company and my law firm and hopefully in the next few years I hope that a relationship will come around and I get to prioritize that for a little while Mm -hmm. and building a house and making a family and that kind of thing you know, and then at that point, the reason I want the business to be established is because I know that's going to take a backseat and it just, you have to, you know, it doesn't have to though. I mean, it doesn't like, have to, but it, it, it won't be like, you know, the, the number one priority is going to change right. at that point in time. And that's okay. And being okay with that. And same, like, you know, with school or, you know, like sports, like whatever it was growing up, like there was always that one thing we were striving for other things to right. Not because you wanted them to, but just it kind of happens that way. Yeah. Intentional about what you're prioritizing in that moment. I have to say, I was, when I was in my mid 20s, I was a fucking dog. I worked so fucking hard and I make like 15 times the amount of money now with kids. I leave work at three. I pick my son up from school. I have date nights with my partner. I do not work on the weekends. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, you, you, your twenties are to work hard because you're figuring it out. You're figuring out the corporate world. You're figuring out the inequities of being a woman in the workplace. You're figuring out the type of job you want to do with the type of clients you want to have. So it's, there's more time and energy towards figuring things out. But then at some point you'd have to hope that you sort of figure it out. And that's where I'm at. I'm 37 and I I know how to, I know the type of client red flags to see. I know exactly what I'm worth. I know it's worth waiting for certain contracts to close. And I know that I will never be with a client that, you know, doesn't respect my boundary of time when I'm done, I'm done, you know, when I'm done working. So it also depends where you live. Like I live in California where it's perfectly acceptable to stop working at three o'clock. 
and to just take the rest of the night off to go for a walk and this or that. Whereas in Chicago, I, I had my son there. I mean, it was not acceptable to ever leave the office before five. It was, it was a hardcore mentality. So, you know, where you live, who you're friends with, you know, all of those are to paint a life that you want to live. It just depends on your priorities, but nothing necessarily has to take a backseat or suffer, you know? Yeah. I think that's very true. Like I've noticed that with my friends, like where they live and the type of industry that they're in, how it affects how they see everything else in their lives. Of course. I've had I've I've had to check myself against whatever they're saying to me, like, that isn't what I want. So why am I allowing them to influence me in that way and mm-hmm. push back on my friendship and be like, okay, let's set a boundary over like maybe let's not talk about this as much as we used to. Like I know that we are just sharing how our weeks went, but like I don't like this. You know, yeah. being a lot more intentional with that. So I, I like that you brought that up. And you said to the figuring it all out, like, this is what your twenties are for. And I, I completely agree. I think, you know, and yeah, at some point you, you would hope that you have it all figured out and you have systems and processes and people in your life that make things easier. So you can prioritize other things. And yeah, I think maybe not take a backseat. Like you said, like it shouldn't have to, but like that, it's just, it's happening for you already, like on its own. And it's, right something you're you're putting energy and time into as much like you don't have to put as much time for it to be worked out for you and I think that's a really great mentality and that's that is my goal (laughs) like I get that when I'm your age I I have I'm there you know yeah and it's but yeah like I think that you know, mid twenties is just that's literally the best way to put it is just like everyone else was asking me like how do I do what I do I'm like I just do it because I'm passionate and I love it and it's it's worth it for me right now but like I'm just figuring it all out like I don't have it all together I know it looks like I do but I promise you I don't um nobody does nobody does that's such a myth yeah but that and and I and going back to like you know not sharing that online because we don't it's vulnerable and we either forget to or just don't have them time you don't really I remember like my mother she was like you know, watch what you're posting. If you're having like a really rough, like depression week, or like, if you're sharing more about your mental health, because you also don't want your clients to think that you're not in a place to handle their business. Oh, my mom was the same thing to me. But it's also the same if like, you're like, yeah, Chrome City, you know, we're having a tough time right now. It's like, well, people really want to work with you. Like, probably not. So you have to also like, figure out from a PR standpoint, you know, like, how do I, use this to teach other people. Here's how I got out of a time when blah, blah, blah. And you have to almost use it as a teaching moment because yeah, it's honestly not that sexy to be like, so, you know, I'm leaving work at one today. Cause like, you know, there's no clients. Like it's just ultimately you're still trying to sell a business. You know, if, if you didn't own your own business, fine, say whatever you want. You work at a bank, you work for the man, fine. You can say whatever you want. But when you own your own brand, you're representing your own business. That's it's not good PR for you. So you have to figure out how to say, listen, these things happen. And here's how I got out of it. I made 40 calls a day. I fought, did 15 of this and like set it up. But unfortunately, it turns into this sort of like, you know, lineup of like, follow these three steps to get out of whatever. And that's just what people need. And that's what you have to feed them. But at least you're being, you know, real to say that like, you know, last month was a rough month. Here's where, how we got out of it. But I think in the moment you can't really be like, yeah, 
you know, I don't know. It's not, yeah, we're not there it, yet. Yeah. It's hard to do it in the moment. I try to do it. Like you said, like a month or two later, like once I like pass that home, kind of reflect on whatever happened in the last month and try to find right. spin on it of making it a, a teachable moment. Like you said, or yeah. like, this is what I implemented and this is how it's worked out for me. Or I learned this and like, I'm not quite there yet. I'm going to still keep working on implementing this, but like so far this is working and kind of make it, yeah, like a, a blueprint, a guide uh-huh. for going through. Uh-huh. I think that's, that's a really good point. And you said earlier too, you know, you were in Chicago, that's where you started off your career. And then you moved to California. Can you talk a little bit about the first like few years of starting your business and what made you get into PR in the first place? Yeah. So um, I'm from San Diego and my dad owned a PR firm um, growing up, but it was more focused on politics, public affairs, government. Um, And I worked for a fashion magazine out of college called 944 Magazine. And then they folded in the crash of 2007, which was right when I graduated college. So I graduated college right when the economy was having its first major hit in a very long time. And I ended up working in a public affairs job, totally like Silver Spoon. It was like my dad's best friend's firm. It was not, you know, and I I worked really, really hard and I achieved a lot of great things, but I felt like I hadn't earned it. I definitely felt like I didn't like the feeling that it was, you know, my dad's best friend. And so I just, decided to sell everything that I owned when I was 24. Um, I had, you know, a dope apartment. I had bought my first car. I was doing very well. I had a great life, cool friends, and it just felt like not enough. And I definitely had friends be like, what do you mean? You have a car, you have an apartment, you know, listing all the things you have a great job, you have a career with your degree, but it was not fulfilling. And I felt like I could see like 10 years in front of me with the same job. And just like hanging out with the same people, going to the same bars. And it made me feel sick to my stomach. And I just thought, this can't be it. So um, I bought a one-way ticket to Chicago because I had been there about a year earlier for a friend's wedding. I'd never seen that city before. Never been there. Never been to the Midwest. Yeah, I've never been. I was going to say, why Chicago? Like you went from sunny California to the windy city. I know. Well, originally I wanted to move to San Francisco, but once I was there for the sweating in June, when it was very warm and beautiful, um, I came home and every night when I would fall asleep, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, like obsessive, but like, I didn't feel like, like my, my, my brain, my heart was thinking about it, but my brain was like, absolutely not. I would never live somewhere cold. I want to be by my family. San Francisco is an easy flight away. But I truly felt something, there was something greater at play that was calling me there. I don't know what it was, but it was very powerful. And, um, and so I manifested, I just said to the universe, I acknowledged the feeling. I said, if this is what you want, because this keeps feeling like it's coming to me without me trying to control it, um, make it easy. And my, you know, car sold, I had a garage sale and sold all my stuff. And I had um, like two friends in Chicago, one of which was a very close friend. And she said, you can come, you know, crash on my couch for a month. And then if you want to get an apartment together, after that, I have a one bedroom, I'd be down to move. So I had a really nice setup there. I lived with her. We looked for an apartment and um, my first job, I could not find a PR job out there. So I got a job. I basically went out there with $2,000 
And I had about $300 left. And I thought for sure, I remember vividly the thought of like, oh, fuck, I, I didn't, I didn't make this work. I have to go back home. And um, a friend of mine, the other friend that lived there, her husband ran this like underground, like mezcal tequila nightclub that was like super tiny. And she's like, they could use another bottle service girl. Well, I am a tomboy and I um, also am like more of a stoner. <laughs> so I wasn't like much of a Yeah, club. from what I know from you, I was like, where are you, where, where are you going with this? Yeah, I ended up, that was my first job. I was like a full blown bottle service, tiny little black dress, the whole nine yards. Um, And that was my first job out there. So after a long time, I got to know everyone in the nightlife industry. And that's where I ended up starting my agency um, based on a lot of people that owned nightclubs and then also owned restaurants. And um, yeah, so that transition was just an absolute complete 180. And I, I really every day felt like I was living the dream, whether it was 20 below zero or not. I felt alive. I was around incredible people, diverse voices, various opinions, you know, worldly people, um, social justice at the front of everything that mattered. Um, and it was a beautiful experience from top to bottom, even with the struggles. I love that. I think there's just something about starting over in a new place that really teaches you a lot about yourself. Like for me, similar story. Like I went to law school in Tennessee. I had never been to Knoxville, Tennessee. I didn't even know Knoxville, Tennessee was a city until I toured it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I got a fee waiver in college to apply to law school. And I was like, I'm going to apply because it's free to apply. Yeah. Why not? Got the best scholarship. I went for admitted students day. I met my best friend now, like there but before I even started. And I was like, okay, like she's from Florida too. She's a minority. She likes it. All right. So like, I have my person here, like I'll be okay. And that's why I chose it. And, you know, I look back now fondly on, you know, it was hard being there. Don't get me wrong. All the right. struggle, but looking back, I'm like, I grew up there. Like that, that's where I'm became who I am now and I discovered yeah. the career that I have now similar to you so I think that's really such a great story too of like you know that calling like I knew I wasn't meant to stay in my hometown for law school I could have gone to law school here saved a lot of money but yeah. I just knew like I all I, I figured I, I don't know did you always know you were going to go back to San Diego be, or California because for me I was like I know I'm going to end up back in Miami when it comes time for me to have a family like I want my family to be close to my parents and my friends and all that but like not any time in the next 10-15 years so I was like yeah. let me away for a little while live my life go somewhere else I was thinking like I'll go to DC or New York or Nashville you know Charlotte like go somewhere else and then I'll come back home did yeah you, you know you were going to go back or you thought you were staying no. I was ride or die for the rest of my life. I was ready to live there forever. Um, it changed me so, so much that I almost felt like I couldn't go backwards by coming home. And I think that was um, not an improper mentality, but I ended up um, at the peak of my career getting pregnant unexpectedly. Um, and I, it was a shock. I was completely surprised. I was 30 years old and... So what's hard is that I was, I made great money. I was the age that any woman would be when she had a child. And I was faced with that decision. And that's what really brought me home. It wasn't the desire to come back. And now that I'm here and I've been here and my son is six, I couldn't be happier. 
Um, and I know that this was the life that was meant for me, but the initial shock of having my son in Chicago, being an absolute 100% single mom, no family, running a huge agency, trying to keep it cool, trying to still go out and connect. It was just, it was beyond like challenging. And when I moved, I felt like a complete failure. I felt like everything that had shifted in me that I had moved within myself in the world, the woman I had become was just going right back to square one. Like I had one decision had ruined my life. And it was really hard because I think a lot of women don't talk about those regrettable feelings once you have a child that you love them with all of your life, but you have a feeling of like, should I have not done this? Or did this completely fuck me? Or did I just work for, I mean, this is what so many women go through, you know, yeah. it's a very common feeling. And so um, I rebuilt everything out here in a way that feels so in line with who I am. And we have such a beautiful life, but um, had I not been pregnant, I would have stayed in Chicago or maybe gone on to New York, but I was, I was out of here. I was ready to just work forever. I love working. Yeah. I have a friend who also lives in Chicago. One of my best friends and we we talk about this quite a bit she she's like you're one of my only friends who actually wants to have children and 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 be a career woman because everyone we're all lawyers we're all career people so like, you're actually one of the if not the only friend I know who wants to have a child at some point and then at all but definitely at some point in the near future I was like interesting like that is it sucks that it's still like you kind of have to choose like you yeah. have to Kind of pick one because like we were talking about earlier, like it's not that one takes a step back over the, like, you know, but it's, you know, one of them will be affected more. Like yeah. you choose it's the family life, like the career is going to struggle. If you choose career, you may or may not be as close to your family if you choose to have one. And so she, she, all her and all her friends do not plan to have children unless and until they have a partner that can either they can afford to have help or can be the more the closer parent because yeah. she, she and her friends don't want to give up their careers yeah and that is an interesting like way to think about it because I love the fact that I'm an entrepreneur and will have the ability to be at home a little bit more with my children yeah because I work from home and yes, I eventually hope to have an office and have all these things, but like, it's my, I, I call the shots. I ha I make the hours yeah, I can choose to 100%. leave versus where they work is someone else is making those decisions for them. So I think that's really interesting. Yes, that is a big difference because I own my own company. So you could be a career woman working for somebody else. And when your kid has like three doctor's appointments in a week, it might not be looked well upon. And then you have the stress of feeling like you're not providing at the job. I don't ever have that. I'm like, 16 doctor's appointments, peace out, like it's fine. So that there is that big difference. But I understand what they're saying. Because, you know, if I got an opportunity to have like a client in like, you know, Australia, who was like, come here, help us open this luxury hotel, we'll put you up, you can live at the hotel. Well, trust me, I would go if I didn't have kids, but I do. That's not an option for me. So options just shift and change, but I don't think it's black and white with like, you have to choose. Like, I don't believe that. I really believe that like, you can decide if you want to be a stay at home mom and take some time off. If you have that option, it's also about the privilege. Can you, is that possible? 
you know, maybe my, my partner, I make more money than my partner. And he is like, I'll watch the kids. You go out and do your thing. You know, um, you go network. So I maybe don't have him on the financial side as much as like somebody would set up to maybe, you know, think that that's how it should be. Cause I did. Um, but what is lovely is that he believes in my superhero-ness so much that he's like, you go network, you go to that event, you look amazing. I'm going to make dinner for the kids and stay here. Fuck yeah. You know, so there's a lot of different black and white things that we build in our heads about how life should be because it comes from a place of fear. Am I going to not be able to have both? Am I not? Can I not? Can I not? Instead of like, I will work really hard now so that I have options and choices. And that's what my mom used to always say. She's like, just work hard so you have choices. You never want to feel stuck. You never want to feel stuck with a man that you don't want to be with. And then you get pregnant. And, you know, this is just real talk. And then you can't, you have to stay with them because you didn't like set yourself up right there's so many different ways that life can go but if you work hard you create choices and that's all I know that's a great point I love I love your mom's advice that you've brought up a couple times my mom has said something similar and I'll, I'll tell you what it is but yeah I don't think it has to be as black and white a choice as my friend and her friends maybe think it is and I think it comes from society and the where they live and how they grew up and the way that it people are where they're from versus me I I never felt that I had to choose my mom is both my parents are corporate America they've worked my entire life my mom actually both times with me and my younger brother went to work I'm, I'm a November baby by January she was back in the office so she took the holidays off because everyone gets them off back to work the next right when when the office reopened she was back my brother was born in June. We went on vacation that summer, like right around 9-11 because he's born 2001. Like we went on vacation after 9-11 and everyone's back to work. She was back to work. She knew like, you know, her career is important to her and she's going to make an effort. Like we had, we went to a, we got dropped off at a lady's house that got babysat us and taught us Spanish when we were little. And then we started going to school. The bus would bring us home. She would, you know, make dinner for us and help us with their homework and go to bed and go to work the next day. And so I always saw that you could do both. So I've always wanted to do both. So I never thought that it was a choice. But it, you know, I see now where a lot more people do see it as a choice. But I think it it it, yeah, I like that your mom said like you want to be able to have options. And it comes from, yeah, sometimes a place of privilege and you know opportunities and right where there's an abundance of options and like that you see them all like you live in a place where you see different people doing different things so you realize that there is opportunities because I think totally that is the homogeneous society where you like see everybody doing it one way so you think that's the right way um, yeah. or, or you see everybody they- doing it the wrong way and you feel like you just have to fall in line with that too you know even though you don't it doesn't feel right with you like that's just, I have to do that yeah I, I I think that's a good one and my mom always said with like the dating thing she was like my mom and my dad have been together since they were 15 years old wow and, yeah they just had their 30th wedding anniversary wild that's amazing um and they were together for six years before so they they're in their 50s and they been together since they were teenagers like they've known each other longer than they have not known each other which is something to me and I think it's sickening sometimes but she was always like I've been with one person my entire life like date around like please don't go crazy right like please go date around and do your thing and have fun and go wild because I want you when you do find your person and you do decide to 
start a family and have a home like you you chose that life for yourself like yes you didn't settle like that is what you wanted and that you've explored all your options and you've tried out everything there is out there to see so you know that that is the right choice for you and that has always stuck with me like you know I've never really had a serious relationship people think that's weird and I'm like no like I just I've never wanted that because I I see it at home and I know what that's going to look like and feel like. And I want that one day. It's not that I don't want it, but right now, like I'm trying everything out and I'm I'm focusing on me and figuring out my life and my career. And I want how you were saying, like your partner's really supportive and he, he likes a superhero version of you that does it all. And he's like, I'll take care of the family life. Like you go do your thing. That's what I want. I want the partner that supports my ambition. And like that's honestly hard to find and I think that really tough it has been very it's it's like you know it's hard to find a rich guy but not really it's really hard to find because that's not vulnerable to make money you know that's ego but to find a man who is just like looking at you like you are queen and like treats you like that and then like lifts you up that's very rare you know and I think going back to your friends that you know have chosen not to have children well guess what women's rights are being ripped from under us right now specifically where you went to law school there are so many just atrocities against human rights right now so I could understand why young women who are having more access to money and power than they've ever had in the history of humanity right now right like women are just killing it and we're you know close to running the world and there's these power grabs that are happening in government that are disallowing us to for to be able to make decisions around our bodies. Um, it's a really scary time. And so I could understand that the natural response from like a younger female group that is working hard, that is, you know, building a life that, you know, other women haven't really had the chance to build because they're truly like having jobs that some women never got to have. Um, that I would, I would probably feel the same way. You know, I did not, I always wanted kids growing up. Um, I always wanted to be a mom. I always like, if there was a little kid in the room, I was holding them. Me too. Um, like just loved. And then I got to Chicago and it was like full adult life 24 seven. I never even saw that many kids. None of my friends wanted kids. None of my friends were even married. And I was, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, nobody was even talking about it. It was just work hard, play hard, plain and simple. And so I just decided like, why do I think I want to get married and have kids? Is that just like a narrative that I've been fed that like, I thought I wanted, but do I want that? And I was like, no, I'm totally cool to like travel around the world by myself, do my own thing. And I kind of gave up that idea. And that's right when I got pregnant, like a week. Universe telling you like, nope, you are meant for this. It's always yeah. what you wanted. And I think that's a, it's, a, it's important to think, to think about it that way too. It's like the universe knows like what is right for you. I, I keep, I joked, I made a TikTok a couple of days ago of saying like, I think the universe is conspiring against me because it keeps putting things in my path. Like it's neon flashing sign. And I'm like, I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. Clearly the universe thinks I am. Right. I need to figure out now why I don't feel that way. Correct. But it's like how you said, like, you know, I got, like I got comfortable with the idea of like, I don't want that, like work hard, play hard. And then right then and there it happened. And it's like, no, like you were meant for that change up. And like, yes, your life was going to become completely different, but in a like much better way, because yeah. you something that you did want your entire life back in your life. 
And yeah, I was always the kid that had the, the baby in like all the pictures. I actually found a picture of me with my baby cousin. She's 10 years younger than me. Like I'm holding her and she's like half of my body size, but like uh... loves kids. And I always wanted to be a mom, but I always wanted to be a working mom because that's what I saw. Yeah, same. And my grandmother on my mom's side, she was, you know, in Cuba, housewife. And when she came to this country, she was in her 40s, you know, and, or no, she was in her late 20s. Sorry. She was in her late 40s when I was born. She was in her late 20s. And she had not, like, she had nothing, you know, not a dollar to her name, didn't have anything. They got divorced. And she, the first thing she was, she enrolled herself in English classes and became a real estate agent. And she like did something with her life. And now my mom, my grandma's in her seventies and still works. She, she oh, should yeah. be. And she's like, I'm until you, freedom. Until you freedom. roll me out of it. Like I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, that's like, and I just was surrounded by strong working women yeah. in her life because she I had, know. she saw, and she chose to go make something of herself. Um, you know, right. my grandfather never let her. Now she didn't have, you know, she could do what she wanted. And yeah. I always saw that I could do both. And, you know, I've always wanted both. So I think it's funny that, yeah, I struggled with that for a couple of months, like in like the last few months, I've like, do I really want a relationship? Do I want a partner? Do I want these things? Like, cause but my friends and like the people around me and I'm like, nope, like I still want that. And I think the yeah. universe is trying to tell me like, pursue this person, pursue this, but like, I'm struggling with, I'm like, am I ready for that yet? Like I, I want my career thing a little bit more figured out before I go that route, but like maybe never like ready yeah. in life for anything. Nothing's, yeah. I mean, yeah. mine came in a package that was shocking. I mean, you know, <laughs> but it's like, it's the best life and it's exactly the like soul that was meant for me. My partner, we had a lot of struggles, you know, when we first were together, we, we fought so much just arguing and, you know, we have peeled back so many layers and, and just designed our family in such a peaceful, musically inclined way, but it took work and it didn't look like how I thought. And it was not in the package that I thought it was going to look like, but we're never like ready for anything. We just have to like believe in ourselves, which is like cliche and like let ourselves be a little bit more free to just like experience humanity and humanness, you know, and just see what happens. And that's an abundant mentality. A fear mentality would say, I'm not ready. I'm, you know, ready for what? Ready for how? Yeah. Like, are you going to make a certain amount in order to be ready to date? Like, no, like be you, yeah. let it distract you. That's a red flag, right? A green flag is he's like, I'll sit by you while you're doing your dissertation for blah, 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 client. And I'll be working too. I sent him a TikTok about that the other day. You did? <laughs> I literally sent him a TikTok about that the other day. That's so funny. Um, but no, back to like the supportive partner thing my dad always is like to my mom. So my mom, she, she had been asked to be a manager way sooner than she finally stepped up to be a manager. She's like, I don't want to manage people. Like I like where I'm at. I don't want to move up. I don't want to have to deal with this. English is her second language. She struggles with having to write review. Like I help her do her mid-year reviews. Like she still struggles. Uh So she's like, I'm not ready to like manage people. I don't want to do that. I love my job. Like, and she's really damn good at it. So she's like, And so, but for years, my dad was like, you can do so much more. You were holding yourself back. He was the one pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. And she finally worked her way up and like, she's up for the next level. And she's like, I'm retiring. Like I eventually, like in the next eight years, like I'm done. I don't want to keep, like I put in my time, like I'm ready for the next chapter of my life. So she's for real this time, not actually going forward. But my dad still to piss her off. He just like, 
are you going to do it? 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 And he's, she's like, leave me alone. But I love that he's the supportive one of my mom being the ambitious yeah. woman. And we joke that my mom is the one who wears the pants in the family, even though my dad's the Marine. But like mm-hmm. my mom wears pants, which is a scary time. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> right. I love, I love that. that. I want that in my, I want a partner who is like that, who is supportive of my ambition. And my mom is just as supportive of, of his ambitions and his career. And it, yeah, it's like I, you said, it's like easy to find a guy with a rich guy, guy with money, it's ego, but it's really hard to find someone who's ambitious. Like that's, that's been really hard for me. And just even friendships, like there's so much envy and jealousy and like, oh, like, I love that for you. But like, in rather like, mm, like I, don't like that like I wish I could have that and it's like why like I will help you get there if you want that for yourself just tell me but like why do you have to make me feel bad about wanting that well it's a mirror that's what it is it's a mirror it's not even that they want it because I feel like that's like the surface level it's that like it shows them how much they haven't accomplished and I think a secure person would see your successes and this is still something at 37 I struggle with and I don't think it ever stops with friendships but when you begin to be more successful you outgrow your friends and then they see you and you know on the surface they can say oh she thinks she's better than us or whatever bullshit blanketed very surface level non-reflective comment they want to make but the truth is is you're a mirror to the opportunities they didn't take you're a mirror to the fear that they have of being a failure you're a mirror to so many things and I think that I'm a very and I've it took me a long time to learn this but I am a very rare person where I have always believed in myself I have always thought that I was going to achieve great things I have always known that I was destined for greatness And I probably don't have a lot of friends as a result of that. You know, I have people that love me and I have really great people in my life. Do I have like one person who calls just to say what's up to me? No, like I'm the one calling to this 16 other people. And you know what? It's still, I mean, I just finished therapy session that was solely focused on like releasing my attachments to friendships because I was just like, why, like, why can't I get this part of my life? Right. And it's, I've just learned that like, and she didn't ever say this to me. This is my own reflection that like, I'm a beam of light. That's just not for everyone. And it's a true, like it's blinding to a lot of people, you know, who are in that darkness. And, and it also forces me to also like believe in that light so much that I don't really want to be around my dark friends as much. And I feel bad because I know they're going through it, but like, it's just it doesn't it doesn't nourish me at all it depletes me it's scary that you said that because all of that that was me like in the last two three weeks and I've always struggled like a lot of my friends were going through like really hard times like it just happened to be like a few of them all in the same like month a bunch of different things were happening in their lives and I wanted to be there for them but I was like I can't keep pouring into you guys because no one is pouring into me but me Yes. And it got to the point where it's like, I, I, I got into like the darkest spiral I've, I've had in a very long time. And it was, it was eye opening. I was like, cause it was that same realization of like, yeah, I, I think I've always been the little girl because I did see such strong women in my life, my entire life. And a parent, a, a father figure who was also very empowering of the women in his life. Right. You know, I always, as a little kid, I, I was this happy-go-lucky, loud, crazy. I wanted to talk to everybody. I wanted to be a part of everything. I knew what I wanted. I would go up to you and like, 
I would talk to about God knows what as even as a little kid and I'd be like and I would be able to keep up like I loved it and I, I mean I'm still like that now but I lost that version like I was all like your inner child like they're the purest form of you like they always know what they want if I look mm-hmm. back I now to them I'm like it makes a lot of sense what I'm doing it, it all really does make sense but I lost myself in the middle because I let society and like other people around me affect and how I perceived myself but I've always right. I wanted I've always known that I was destined for greatness not because my parents told me that but because deep down I knew that I was yes. and I wanted that for myself and I knew I was going to make an impact because I wanted to make an impact and right. yeah realizing that other people around me aren't like that and that scares them and I remember one of my best friends in law school it was two years ago around this time it, we had just finished finals as the day or this the day after I had come back home from the school year just my at the end of my 2L year and I called him crying at two in the morning I don't know why we were awake at two in the morning but I called him crying I was spiraling and he was like why do you so badly want to be friends with people who do not understand you they do not if they don't like you, they don't like you because they don't understand what you're doing and you have so many things you want to do like do them who cares why do you care so much what people think like they don't what's your sign I'm a Sagittarius oh okay Can you a, see it? I didn't know if it was like we were the same sign so we're like obsessed with people like why don't they want to be friends I'm the same exact no way. but I'm I, I would be like I need to solve it like it's like a mystery and we yes. need to have like a diagnosis of exactly what I said and when I said it that they decided that they didn't want to be friends like so stupid but like it's That's not how I am and you know, he was like and I literally like I can't, I can't even count the amount of times he would be like fuck him who cares fuck him why do you why do you so easy to say different to like process and actually Um, like like, I'm like dude it's not that simple I know (laughs) I know but like I've caught myself reminding myself like of him saying that so many times it's like why like I I know I'm good enough I want this for myself right who's gonna stop me no one so like why do I let that affect me but yeah I've always struggled with friendships and that's funny. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the rest of don't talk about it or they just like are in these friend groups that I'm like, I have never like had a group, you know, like I've never school, been a group. I always joke that I was like the most popular weirdo and the least popular popular girl. I was totally like friends with the popular girls, but I was definitely the least popular of yes, all. Yes, that's me. <laughs> and the weirdos thought I was so fucking dope. And I was always somewhere in the middle. I never in college. I didn't have a group. I was in a sorority and I loved like the girls that I was close with, they were mostly like just stoners that were like a good time. Um, and I love them. A lot of them are still my friends, but I wasn't still in their like crew that they would go on like trips together and they would do this together. And like, I'm the same way. I was in a sorority too. And like, I was friends with everybody. And like, I was part of the, like the group and like, I would be a part of things, but I, I wasn't in the in crowd. Yes. I'm I not called so on friend. I mean, I, no. I, my partner isn't either though. That's why, like we were literally having a beer last night on our date. And I was like, we're just like two people that are very comfortable with being alone. Like I could have lived alone for the rest of my life. I have zero problems with it. I wasn't ever even that desirous of a like relationship. I mean, I could feel lonely, but it didn't mean that I felt like I needed those things. And he's the same way. Like that's why it works though because you you want you you're okay being alone but you choose to be together and you choose to come together and I wouldn't say I'm okay with living alone for the rest of my life although at times I definitely I'm like everyone get away from me like I need to be alone I I I crave physical touch and companionship 
Yeah. So I do want, what I want is an ambitious partner and someone to come home to at the end of the day and like, just talk about my day with. And like, yes. I talk about my day. You tell me about yours. I may not know what the hell you do at work and I may not understand it, but I want you to tell me anyway, because I want to learn yes. from it. I want to be interested in what you're talking about. And then we watch a TV show or a movie, or we cook dinner together or take care of the kids or yeah. go for a walk. And then like, just we spend time together. That's what I'm looking yes. for. I didn't have that outlook when I was your age. I truly believed and had told myself that if I ever had a boyfriend, partner, whatever, that it was going to completely distract me from what I was focused on and it would fuck me. Like I truly like just I found myself recently feeling that way and then having to like, that's not true. Yeah, you, and I've always wanted this. So why am I putting these thoughts in my head now? I'm literally well, like, and then I would listen out for like friends that were like, oh my God, he's so annoying and like talk shit about their partners. And I was like, yeah, I don't want that. That's Instead of listening that. to the friends that were like, this was fear. I was afraid I would never find somebody. So then the friend that was like, oh my God, I was sick and he took care of me. I just like, wouldn't listen to like the loving parts of it. You know, and I do have everything you just described, making dinner together, going for a walk with the kids, all of that I have, but it's super fucking hard. Like we work really, really hard at our relationship. It is not free flowing. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with the people that say it should be easy because if it's not easy, it's not worth it. And it's like, nothing's easy in life. Like if, yeah. And that's why like we were talking about at the beginning, like people sharing like this, like amazing glamorous life on social media, like that is not what it really looks like. And if yeah. it is good for them, but I promise you it's not. And yeah. like, I, I like to, I like a challenge. I like to have to work for it because it makes it that much sweeter. And, yeah. and it's like, it's rewarding to me. I can call it my own. I can say I earned it. I deserve it. I, it, it you know, it, it was worth it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And, and I'm I'm happy that you did find that even after all of the struggles and the struggle that you guys still face and will yeah. face, you know, I'm happy that you guys are choosing, like I said, like you, you choose to do it together. Yes. That's something I've noticed with my fam, my, my own parents, it, it, like they still, no matter how many times they want to send each other to go themselves, they right. still choose to do it together and yeah. because they love each other. And it's, that's, that they, they, they choose it every single day. And that is what I want. Like my one of my fears which is a valid fear is that they're going to resent me one day because I do want I do put so much of myself into everything I do and I am very ambitious and I want a lot of things because I know I can have them yeah and they're going to resent that that wanting to work for because they want it to be easy like I'm not easy and I don't want to be right um so I love that but I want to talk I wanted to talk about because we kind of really got off topic but I'm really glad we're also having this conversation because it's important to see that a successful businesswoman, CEO, top dog, like you are the human side of it, the emotional yeah. side of it, the, the part of you that makes you, you, so you can come into work every single day. But what was it like? You said you had to rebuild everything when you moved back home. Like, what was that process like to get you back to where you are now? And you said you were working in like the nightclub and like restaurant industry. And then you brought up hotels. Like, is that still the type of work clients that you're working with in San Diego like what was that rebuilding process like yeah so I moved back with my son in 2018 and uh couldn't find clients that would sign nobody would spend the same that Chicago clients would so I basically just worked on Chicago accounts from San Diego 
um, and just I didn't have the opportunity to get out there and network. It was really challenging. And then I just started following like really interesting like poets, speakers, designers, you know, just different people in San Diego that I felt like were moving and shaking the scene. Um, and I basically launched a company um, in 2019 called Hustlecraft. Uh, that was a speaking series that basically brought all these different like hustlers from different arenas of life together for like a one day event. And that really sort of like got me to, to know people because I just was, a, you know, at, you know, at home with my son and not able to like go out all the time. Um, so that's kind of what opened the door. But again, I planned this amazing thing with these amazing people and like nobody showed up. It was, in my opinion, very much a failure. Um, and then I started doing my underground dinner series called the blank table. And then I got to, I never thought it would be as big as it is today, but kind of got my foot in the door there and it was kind of successful, but honestly, then 2020 hit and we were not working and all restaurants were closed. And that gave me some time just to reflect on how I wanted to spend my time, my stress levels, so many other things realign the time I wanted to spend with my children. Cause I was flying to Chicago at the time. I only had my son. I have a daughter now as well. And I was flying to Chicago like once a month, leaving him for five days at a time. And so once 2021 hit, I just slowly started to rebuild. And 2022 was a big year. But um, honestly, we just took off last year in a way that I never expected. It was the first time that I could look at the agency and say, this is better than the best times in Chicago, um, business wise and fulfillment wise. So today we're working with our biggest client or the client that I work on. I'm um, the creative director at San Diego magazine. I have a podcast with them, um, called not a parenting podcast. And, um, you know, that's our big client. We do work with artists. We do work on like the history of San Diego, um, we have some spirits clients, and then we have a client that is a group that's hotel and restaurants. Um, and we do a lot of event programming for them. That's so cool. I love the the underground series, the table, blank table. I, I When I first read about that, I was like, ooh, that sounds so cool. Like, I want to, I, 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 I like keep seeing all these really cool events in other cities. I'm like, I know those things have to be happening here too. Like, I would be blind to yeah. not. I want to be a part of that. Like, where do I meet yeah. people? Like, where do where do I got to go network so I can be around these? I know people? a lot of people find us on Eventbrite. Actually, like, I just I just use Eventbrite for tickets, not thinking that people are finding us there. No, I know people who um, find things on Eventbrite too. You're not the first person. To, I was at some. I never thought about that. I would never think to go to Eventbrite to look for an event. I just always thought it was like a means to purchase a ticket yeah. of something that I owned. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely go support people that are doing stuff like that because those are people that are working their asses off too. I mean, it is the most hard work of anything I've ever done. Like it is so laborious, but, um, you know, before each event, I always ask myself, why the fuck did I do this? And then within like an hour of guests being there and the sparkling like, oh, light cocktails flowing and there's an energy in the room and I'm like holy shit I did this then it's just like wow you know it's just like an elation of of community that that's just unmistakable yeah I need to start doing that more I have a friend who she's like I used to go to the opening of an envelope like everything that I could find I would go to because that's how I met people that would get me in the door and I was like and I was still living in Knoxville at the time I was in law school and I had her on my podcast at the beginning and she said that and that has been my goal since I moved home. Like anytime I am 
available to or like if I can score an invite to something I will RSVP to it if I end up being able to make it that's different but I always try to go to everything even if it's a lot of money and Ubers back and forth I because I never know and I'm really glad I started doing that but yeah I, I I love that that you know and you said last year when it really took off and like yeah which better like, than yeah. any time in Chicago what yeah. do you think is different now is it you and your perspective is it because you have the family side too and you allowed yourself to have that like what makes it so much better than any of the best times in Chicago it's a combination of the right people working for me I have two women that work for me that we just have like a very easygoing work chemistry it's very chill and there's of just a great chemistry. We all know each other's place and role and what each person is good at. And while we're still working at the in her career with us. So team number one, having the right girls here. Um, number two, the universe just said it was our time. I don't know. I mean, I think I've been working on myself for the last many decades and years, but like I've been very intentional about releasing past things that were sort of plaguing me that were holding me back going to therapy going to yoga you know really exercising my mind my soul and you know when things aligned properly with me taking care of myself finding the right people to work with me and finding the right clients that's sort of where the flow happens yeah I think that's such a big thing like you brought up the word alignment I feel like that's where I'm at. I I think I was saying like I think I, I joke that it's I think the universe is conspiring against me, and I and I mean that in a good way. Like I think it's for a good re and it's in a good way and like for a good reason. I need it. It's just I think that's what it is. I feel like I'm I'm leveling up. Like these growing mm-hmm. pains that I'm in right now right. are like the ones while I was in law school. Those realizations, those growing pains were it was, you know, a diamond in the rough, like going through the, the the really rough process to come out on the other side. Now I'm like polishing up, like now I'm leveling up to the next chapter of my life, because I do think once I every time in the last few months, I have given into something and like, okay, like I acknowledge like I'm going to pursue this, or I stopped fighting something, mm-hmm. it has gotten easier. And yeah. I think it's just it's that next step of like the next unlocking the next level of just allowing that in to make my life easier so I think it's such a that's such an important point like the alignment of everything just kind of working together the right way and giving it time it all takes time to yes and I just just read this quote this morning that said something about like the greatest failure of mankind is attachment and if we have attachments to ideas of who we need to be or who other people need to be or how it needs to look we fail ourselves when we have the ability to release and let go it doesn't mean we're not going to work hard but my motto for the new year was like slow and steady like I've grinded I've I've hit the ground for so many years this year whatever is meant for me will be for me and I really stuck to that even in a month where I was like okay all the business is just out the door and how are we going to close whatever is meant for me, slow and steady, this will be the slow month, we'll continue to keep pace. So yeah, it's it's easier said than done. It does take a lot of work to really like keep that mentality going. Yeah, I think that I like that. I like that you brought up what your intention for the year was mine was presence, like just similar, like slowing down and enjoying where I'm at in the present yeah. moment. Because for so long, I was like, 
grinding and I was I was burning out I was putting myself through so much to accomplish you know finishing school and all of the things that I had to do for that and you know all the stuff that I had to overcome not just outwardly but within myself to get to that point and then it's finally like I I I did it I I you know the proverbial like home stretch like I passed the bar that was the the hardest thing I've had to do in my life I did it now I can finally like once that happened that's the biggest weight taken off your shoulders sure and I was like this is so 2023 I'm just gonna allow myself to enjoy what happens because I I had chosen in that in like October November like okay I'm gonna go off on my own like I made that conscious choice and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna let whatever happens this year just happen and enjoy the ride and be present in it because I don't really have a plan like I know where I want to be in 10 to 15 years like I have a goal for myself I have a vision of what I want my life to look and feel like the lifestyle that I want but I don't have a timeline I don't have like it needs to happen right now I don't know what it's gonna look like I just I I know what I want it to feel like so I'm gonna allow it there and I'm just gonna be present that's almost more important it's more important to know how you want it to feel you yeah. know, because then you'll know when you're there. That and also knowing if it doesn't feel right and if something or someone isn't, it's it's just, it's not yeah. like- Well, that goes back to the alignment part. Yeah. So I, I love that you brought that up. And you said, you're talking about failure. Like, what do you think your perspective on failure is now? Like we kind of talked about it. And do you think like, I don't know, just having gone through everything, like, you you said like you you thought that was your biggest failure like you know choosing to have a child like do you like what is your perspective on failure now and how has it changed do you think yeah i think i thought in that moment i had failed myself um but i think that i just didn't fail for a long time to be honest so i thought i was immune for sure i had like really good luck i, I worked hard and i just got everything i wanted and um So what I've learned is that, you know, it's cliche, but that failures are just like a redirection. It's just redirecting you to a different place you're supposed to go and you're meant to go. Um, But, you know, a lot of times failures can be embarrassing. You know, they can be public. They can be, you know, really humbling. And so, you know, a failure must happen. I mean, if you watch any podcast, read any book about any business owner or entrepreneur, it's like failure must happen in order to grow. So that's kind of where where I look at it now. Yeah, I think that's so true. What's the biggest lesson you think you've learned from all of the ups and downs and the challenges you have faced, whether personal, actually both personal and in business? What do you think the biggest lessons and biggest piece of advice? Mm, Well, for business, I would say that working with clients that believe in who you are and what you do is a great goal to have and like a a great place to be. Like, I definitely think that like, I'm in a place in work that I never thought was even possible because it flows so well the work doesn't feel hard it just feels like oh my god I can't wait to get into the office and work on this exciting thing so um I'm lucky in that way but it's because I work with people that see my work and they are like this is fucking great you're so good at what you do and I never I was just so used to being criticized for so long which was fine that was gave me a really tough skin that it's still shocking to me how many times people will like acknowledge or applaud my work because I I still have that grind mentality and I'm happy for that because it makes me humble. But 
Um, so I would say like the biggest lesson learned is that like that hard work always pays off, you know, and that, um, yeah, that would be it. And then for family and for personal, it's just that like, if you aren't working through and moving things, they will sit in your body and hold you back. Like it, things have to be moved from within and out and acknowledged and seen and put away and like, you know, you can find great love or great, you know, friends or great people in your life. Um, but you have to get rid of the sort of like ghosts and like, I don't know, weight that sit in there. And that's changed my life a lot. I think those are both really good ones. And on the personal level, something I'm still working on. I've, I've done a lot of it, but there's still a few in there that I need to to work on. But yeah, I think both of those are really great pieces of advice. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for coming Thank on the podcast. You. Where can everyone find you? Share yeah. all of it. I'll link it below. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find Chrome City, my agency at chromecitycreative.com. The Blank Table, if you're ever in San Diego, we just launched our summer series. It's the Blank Table SD.com. We're on every platform. My personal website is alexandriaot.com. It has all my businesses, what I've done, things like that. Um, and yeah, we're on Instagram and everything else too. All of the companies. I'll link it below. I'll let you know when I'm in San Diego. I've never been and I am dying it's on my bucket list it's oh, so nice. okay. I'm, I'm dying to go and I have a lot of friends there now and I'm like I just I need to make a trip um yeah uh, so solo travel thank yes. you for having me on I really appreciate it thanks talk to you soon